Yes. <laughs> like what you guys are doing after this, what's your plan? So you guys are hanging out all day? Yeah, well, I, I have to take Erica shopping because she needs some help. Um, currently, none of her clothes fit because she has a baby on the way. Yeah, 18 weeks she's, pregnant over here. Um, definitely getting growing a lot. Uh, and mental breakdown at the gym yesterday. Could not fit in any of my clothing. Um, and I didn't realize it until I was standing in front of the mirror at the gym, which wasn't the best place to realize <laughs> that your clothes don't fit. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go gonna go maternity shopping after this so i i read this text that she sent me i read it to my husband and i was like doesn't that sound like it came from me he's like yeah last week <laughs> i love that you read all of our texts i do oh my god the text that i read to him he's like you guys are basically sexting i'm like no we're not <laughs> it's, just, it's just casual conversation for us but if anyone else read it it would seem very um dirty very dirty yeah so um she needs some clothes because I, I remember this time so vividly being pregnant and just feeling like a train wreck. Nothing fits at all. And everything in stores is really ugly. Yeah. And everything online is so expensive. Yeah. Like I see stuff online that I'm like, okay, like that's probably cute. And then I look at the price and it's like a hundred dollars for a pair of maternity jeans that I'm going to wear for four more months. Like mm -hmm. that just seems really excessive. But I guess now if I'm doing girl math, um, that's only $25 a month. And honestly, <laughs> I can get behind that. So maybe I just need to buy the hundred dollar jeans. Well, if they're dark, like a medium wash, that gives you a lot of range. If they're a dark wash, limited range, light wash, limited, medium, wider. <laughs> How did you figure that out? Light she wash. Just, she just made it up. Oh, you just made it up? Oh. No, I was going to say, I know she just made that up. I thought it sounded so smart. Seriously. Oh, I was like, wow, that I think that's actually really smart. <laughs> I mean, I think it's valid. I, just because you just made it up doesn't mean it's not true. I just feel like dark jeans are really limited and light jeans, but medium. I would, I I would agree with Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Rachel. No, I would say like I would have those in the inverse. I think you can have more outfits with dark jeans and less with light. I agree. But you think the opposite? I completely agree. Okay. I mean, yeah. maybe. I just, I, I like dark jeans do go with a lot for sure. But I feel like a medium can also go with the lighter stuff. And the medium can also go with the dark jean matches. Maybe. Rachel, would you say you have good style? That's such a good question. Um... I think I'm, I don't think I'm like Miranda level. Like Miranda okay. is fashionable. Oh Miranda's, Miranda's fashionable. I am like, I can dress well is what I would say. Yeah. Okay. I, I would absolutely agree. I think we're on the same page there is that I'm not as okay. fashionable as Miranda, but I can, I can look nice in clothing. I can put yes. an outfit together, but like, I don't know. <laughs> The fact that you have to specify, I can put an outfit together. <laughs> I can. I can work with what I've got. But like, I wouldn't know if something didn't look good with dark wash. I've never like had to I tell would you wear anything. Right. I, I don't think you. Well, no, you would. Um, I would tell you if you looked bad, and I've never had to say that. <laughs> that's so true. that's a good. I just. I would say I dress very plain because, like, I'm like plain T-shirt, mm -hmm. plain jeans, plain shoes. Like, I'm not going. I'm not going crazy over here. I agree. Like, I don't want to overcomplicate it because I think I, for me, I don't think I look good with a lot of accessory. Like I have friends who can accessorize and to the nines and it looks amazing on them. For me, it looks gaudy. Like it just, just does not look good. Well, I can't you might pull be it off. haunted by the, <laughs> do you remember the statement necklaces oh, that we all would wear? Yes. yes. So uh, yes. Rachel and Erica are the same year and age range. And you guys, specifically your age, you guys loved. We loved a necklace. The necklaces. <laughs> and, a, and a chunky belt. Ooh, yes. And a chunky belt over shirts. With flats. Of all things. Oh, I, you guys, I wore flats. For, first of all, freshman year, maybe, <laughs> maybe even eighth grade to senior year, I wore these same black flats. I, a new pair because they, I would literally wear them every single day. So they would go, they would have holes in them. Uh, <laughs> um, and I wore those from at maybe, maybe eighth grade year to my senior year. And I wore them every day, every outfit didn't matter what it was. It was black flats. 
<laughs> you know what I'm noticing the difference between you and I, or at least Miranda and I versus you, is you actually dressed up for school where like Miranda and I wore sweatpants and sweatshirts. Oh, like we no, did not dress never, up. I didn't go. First of all, that was a thing. To, I also, I didn't, I would skip school a lot. Mm-hmm. But if I did go to school, I dressed up. Like I've always been kind okay. of a tryhard. <laughs> she, sent me, she sent me a picture of these flats oh i wish i had a picture of i wonder what the last day i wore, I wore them do you ever think about stuff like that like yes hey, no, i don't want to get too sad on you but like the last time you pick up your kid it's kind of similar to how i feel about these flats like when was the last time i put these flats on <laughs> you said maybe not i feel like That's i imagine funny. you were probably wearing maybe them not. And you were like, I should stop wearing these. I should never wear and you did. <laughs> you, or no, no. The best, the best scenario is that you broke them. You wore them till they broke again. Again. And then you're like, I guess I just won't replace them. But, I mean, I, I almost guarantee that's what happened. <laughs> is that I did wear them till their death. And then it was just like, I'm not going to buy another pair of $20 black <laughs> They still sell those bitches. Oh, I bet they do. I could get a pair and that could be my new that could be my new maternity Stop shoe. It. <laughs> yeah. I do need a good well, pair of black shoes bad. Mm-hmm. I, well, I need like some nice heels. I'll tell you that. I don't have closed toe heels that I really want to get closed toe, like probably pumps, I guess you would say, but not pumps. Like I don't want them to be maybe like closed toe mules heels love a mule she does love a yeah. mule. we don't really wear heels anymore i wear heels no that's we a lie I, I wore heels today to church <laughs> i wear <laughs> heels uh like I three to five times a week to be honest and the reason is it because i want to wear heels i don't think any pregnant woman or pretty much any woman mm-hmm. in general wants to wear heels i have no nice shoes i don't know how to buy a pair of nice shoes because i wear a pair of mules mm-hmm. off of miranda's suggestion and I, where are those? Uh, in my closet, because I hate them. <laughs> no, they look so cute. They're very cute in like person, like when you look at them. But when I put them on, these look ridiculous. Like they look so sweet. <laughs> um, so that's my problem is that like I know I need a pair of nice shoes, but I don't know what those look like. So I just wear heels. I just wear tennies. Tennis. I need a pair of black tennis shoes then because I only have white tennis shoes and I can't wear those. But like you're wearing white tennis shoes with black pants and a gray shirt. Like I would feel like I needed to wear dark shoes with that. Mm-mm. I don't like wearing dark shoes because they make me look shorter. Okay, well I'm a and monster, I want to so. <laughs> I want to elongate my legs and that's why I wear white shoes. Well, like mm-hmm. whenever I wear my docks, I look stubby. I don't know if I believe that at all, but... I was going to say, I don't know if I would agree with that because I feel like the breaking up of the colors would then shrink you. Like, when I think elongating, I would think keeping it going and, like, keeping the black going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but I I don't... They don't look... It's just how you feel, though. Yeah. Yeah, which is really all that matters. (laughs) Erica, you... I know... What do you do for work? Because I think... When I'm thinking about this, you probably have to dress up considering my what I know that you do but do you want to share what you do um yeah absolutely I'm a mortgage lender um which means I help people finance their home purchases or refinances um but I only have to dress up whenever I leave my house which doesn't happen all that often um so I'm really blessed I get to work from home um so I can wear sweats whatever I want for the most part because I take most of my or most of my clients over the phone um so I can wear sweatpants I can wear whatever I want but yeah, whenever I go to like a closing or a meeting, I have to dress up for sure. So okay. wearing heels and like dress clothes is kind of just part of the the gig. Yeah, definitely. Um, are you, I'm assuming when you're a mortgage lender, are you in real close network with a lot of realtors too? That's exactly. That's all, yeah. Okay. <laughs> laughing. That's exactly like my clientele. Like I, it's kind oh, of interesting okay. because it's, it's almost like a, a food cycle, I would say. Um, okay. Like realtors go after clients directly. Um, yeah. To to find people that want to buy houses, and then mortgage lenders make relationships with realtors because oh. realtors need reliable mortgage lenders because they have to get their clients pre-approved before they can take them out. So, mm-hmm. kind of how I work my business is that I build relationships and a network of realtors that I work with that feed me clients, and then I obviously help them by doing marketing or help just making sure that obviously that their clients get really well taken care of, that they can count on my pre-approvals, that kind of stuff. Um, so okay. it's kind of like a life cycle like that. Sorry. That makes I sense. Say, 
the reason I laughed was because I'm, I just have heard so many stories. Oh. <laughs> oh, I was like, what if people don't know, you know? I'm like, I'm <laughs> laughing at you. I was laughing. Yeah. Great question. Uh, but no, Miranda has heard some very crazy stories of uh, realtor relationships, good, bad, and ugly. Um, because not all not all relationships work out. Uh, that's why it wasn't because I'm like Rachel, you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking um, that I was like, wait, I really was no. curious because no, that was a really good question. Because <laughs> you sometimes feel like realtors, like in the cycle that you're talking about of purchase, just in real estate, it's like they get the brunt. They have to find that first oh. client, right? Like then you get the, yeah, I, I just feel like their realtor. job is really hard. Yeah. Their job is very hard. And I, that's why I love my realtor partner so much because I tell them all the time, I'm like, I love you and I could never do your job. Like you guys work your ass yeah. off and they are so underappreciated and people, it's kind of crazy to me not to go on like a whole tangent about realtors, but like yeah. realtors <laughs> get this, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like this reputation of like being overpaid and they don't do anything. Quote unquote. Yes. And I'm like you guys literally have no idea how much realtors, not you guys, but like the general public yeah. um, have no idea how much realtors fucking work their ass off. And I'm like, not to mention all of that, but then realtors don't get paid. Like they get paid three and a half percent, but they don't get three and a half percent. Like there are so many fees that go into it. It's it's insane. I, I, every realtor I know, I'm like, you guys are overworked and underpaid. That's And it, you're right. Because that perception is very real. Listen, I've said oh. that myself. I'm like, what does this chick do the whole time? I'm like, I could have just found it myself. <laughs> Did you ever consider being a realtor? Or were you like, oh. how did you get into mortgage lending? Oh, it's kind of, it's kind of it's a, a funny story. It's a long story. Do you know about it? Yeah, you told Okay. Um, so I actually was in foreclosure law before. Um, and I, I was 21 and I was managing a team of paralegals at this foreclosure law firm that I had like worked my way up into being a manager. But like, I, now looking back, it's like, I, maybe this wasn't the case, but like, I had really bad imposter syndrome. So I would literally be like, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was managing this team that all had uh, degrees to do what they were doing. <laughs> and I was just like a 21 year old girl that had just um, kind of like made friends with the right people and got myself into this position where I was managing this team. Um, and then uh, it was a New York based law firm in St. Louis. So mm -hmm. the law firm decided that they were going to close down shop in St. Louis and move everyone back to New York. Um, so basically they were just letting everyone go in my office, but they asked me specifically to move to New York and continue doing what I was doing. And I was like, Oh, absolutely not. Uh, because I don't know what I'm doing. And eventually you guys are going to realize I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't want to be in New York paying $3,000 a month for rent when you realize it. a minimum. Um, so <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. Um, thank you, but no, thank you. Um, so my sister's been in mortgages for 20 years. Um, and she was like, oh, well, you should apply at, you know, the mortgage company that I work with. Uh, and so I did. And I was basically just like started out entry level, having been a manager at this other job, they didn't even want to hire me because they were like, you're, uh, you're overqualified. And I was like, no 21 year old is overqualified for literally anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's just not true. Um, and so I just took this like entry level job. I, I think I took a $7 an hour pay cut. Like I just was oh, wow. desperate for a job. Like it didn't even matter. Um, and yeah, so I, I started doing that seven years ago now. Um, wow. and basically just, I worked my way up at that company as well into a management position. I don't know why people wanted me to uh, manage people so Lead much. People? But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <know>. <laughs> um, but I, I ended up deciding that I wanted to start doing basically what it was considered a sales job, um, which is what I do now. Uh, and I love it. It's amazing. The freedom, um, managing my own time and just my whole aspect of my job is like building relationships with, I, which I love. I love talking to people. I love meeting new people. Um, so I, I really enjoy it. Um, it's been like an uphill battle if you're familiar with um, yeah, the, the market. market. Yeah. Like it's definitely not been the easiest thing in the world, but it's been worth it. Yeah. She yeah. started doing loans um, during the 2% rates. Yeah. And then just started. Just started. We're like, and this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm about to make a million dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the easiest gig in the world. And That's then three months later, it was like 7% interest rates, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, wow. Super fun. For During like my, time, 
Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask one more question. We don't have to keep like, I don't, anyways, I think people are interested in this though. Um, I am curious. I know no one knows what's going to happen. Right. But you know, there's, there's people out there and they're saying like interest rates are about to drop like by 2%, blah, blah, blah. Like it's about to blow up in 2024. What are your thoughts? What are your, like, what are you hearing? And then what's your interpretation of what you're hearing? Yeah, so I would I would kind of agree. Um, basically, all of the experts are saying that like 2024, we're going to see interest rates drop. Um, okay. I don't know if I don't want to get too in the weeds here, but um, <laughs> the Fed has started slowly dropping their interest rates, which the Fed interest rate is not the same as a mortgage interest rate, but they're correlated. Okay. Um, okay. So whenever you see the Fed meets, I think, oh gosh, I don't want to say this because I don't 100% know the, the schedule, but they meet like every quarter, um, four times a year, I believe. And at that time, they decide whether they're going to drop their interest rates or not. Um, so, <laughs> Miranda. Those assholes. No. Um, and so they're expected to drop their interest rates all four meetings this year. Um, and like mm. I said, mortgage rates are correlated to this Fed rate. So if the Fed drops their interest rates four times, we can expect mortgage rates to drop along with them. Um, okay. I think two points is a very... Um, gracious. I don't think we're going to see two points in interest rate drops, but I think what we will see is probably in the high fives, mid sixes by maybe fall of this year. Okay. Um, Obviously we don't have a crystal ball, so yeah, you don't know. And I know that still seems high, but to be honest, that's kind of the average. So right, right, right. Yeah. Like the two to 3% interest rates that we all know and love from 2020 and 2021 were just not, we're never going to see those. No, not unless we go through another global pandemic, which Lord Pray to God us. we don't. Yeah. Yes, correct. So um, I, as much as I would love to see a 3% interest rate, I'm definitely not interested in the global catastrophe that would go along with a 3% interest rate. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my thought process on it. That's so true. And it's such a good point. Because uh, we were the lucky ones who got like a really crazy interest rate in the middle of the pandemic. And then bought another home and got a hor like not horrible. Oh. Actually, we were in like that five and I think we ended up getting like a five and a half or something. So it wasn't that bad, but oh, wow, bad. it was still, yeah, it's but it's still just like, it is when it's like you're you, the first time you bought our home, we had this great interest rate. So we're like, this is awesome. And then we go to buy another home. We're like, this is terrible. <laughs> um, I, feel I feel that it's definitely, and the thing is, is that in our age range, we haven't, we didn't think about interest rates before that. So like whenever you started buying a house, that's probably where they were at. So you didn't know how Mm. historic that might have been because that's all you knew. Yes. That's completely what it is. Cause I'm like, what has, I don't know what it's been historically. Like is the average usually usually like the five. five. When I was doing loans, it was like four or five. And when I bought my first house, um, back in shoot, 2014, 2015, I was at like a four and a half. And oh, honestly, wow. at okay. that time, yeah. So, like, that's that's just normal. Four and a half to five percent okay. is totally normal. Mm-hmm. That's, that's probably what we'll get to eventually. And that's yeah, such that's a good reminder that I feel like people need to hear. You know, yeah, for sure. Well, now they're um, gonna do your heads, people. <laughs> yeah, now you guys know. <laughs> yes, and yeah, we don't have to keep speaking. I've just, I'm, I, I find that stuff super interesting. So that's why I wanted to ask. So the reason that we brought Erica on was not to talk about mortgages, though we know that whenever we need a, she'll be our resident mortgage lender. You know, whenever yes. we need to talk about it. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> um. So we brought her on to kind of. Rachel and I have been going through this like. Oh gosh, what would what would you call this crisis? Midlife crisis. That's what we right. I mean, crisis? that's what Chad calls it. Come on, well, we're not <laughs> to 100. So well, you might not be. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> uh, so listen, we've been going through it, Rachel and I, and there's also somebody that has been going through it, and that's Erica. Yes, I feel like I'm kind of on the other side of it, sort of. Well, you are pregnant. Yes. (laughs) My current identity for her. So, yeah, Rachel and I, we've just been talking so much about how, like, we don't know anything that's going on. We feel kind of confused. We feel like 30 is going to kick my butt, and it's (laughs) trying to kick Rachel's butt. Trying. That's a fair. Trying and failing. Right. So we're going to talk to somebody that went through, somebody as an Erica, that has kind of went through (laughs) some 
probably like the most hard things that you can go through, especially during this like crucial time where you're like becoming a real adult. So when I met Erica, she was married and to, she was married and had this other home. And then a few weeks later, she texted me and said, (laughs) I'm getting a divorce. Oh my gosh. I was like, Hey, I know we're not that good of friends yet, but with like no sign, nothing like there was really no indication that this was going to happen, at least for me. I would say he probably said the same thing. So, right. <laughs> and of course, she everybody was, was shocked. 29. I was 28. I had, I would be turning 29. So I got, I separated in June of 2022. Um, and I turned 29 in July of 2022. That's right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So she's been going through. Uh, so right on the cusp of that. Yeah, that time so where 29 to 30. Everything feels wild. You don't know what's going on. And that was also during this time, she was also trying to start her, you know, the business that she was just talking about. Yeah. So she's been really going through it. And I don't think that people are very aware of like people in your life. Yeah. And then the friends that I have made too, that are like vaguely aware of you, um, they don't really know what has been going on. No, I kind of, I feel like I, I'm just kind of almost like a, I'm almost like a closed book to most people. I would say you are the only person that has seen all of the nitty gritty of the background. Um, we became close friends very quickly because I, I didn't have a lot of girlfriends at this time. Um, well, we also really bonded over being ADHD. For sure. Like that really <laughs> like opened up. The door. We, we, our first time hanging out, we went out for drinks and Miranda, you're not a big drinker, but at this time I was, I was a big drinker. Um, and so Miranda was ready to party that night and, and we did. <laughs> we did. We did. Uh, and we just like, I felt, fell in my friendship love. I would say like, we were pretty much yeah. inseparable ever since then mm-hmm. after that. Um, and so I felt, it's kind of crazy to say that, that I did feel so comfortable texting her after, I mean, four weeks of being in-person friends because we had been friends online. Right. I forgot. I should have mentioned this. So when I moved here to St. Louis, I had messaged her because she was like the only vegan girly that I could find. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Are you vegan today? I'm not. No. Okay. Okay. Um, But that's how you initially found each other. Tell her that I wasn't vegan anymore. I was like, uh, (laughs) join the club. There's more of you out there. (laughs) She was very cool about it. So not all vegans get that bad rap of. Yeah. So what happened? I had messaged her and I was like, I need a friend. And then I was pregnant a day later. And then that set off a series of events of me being pregnant and then a pandemic and then getting pregnant. And yeah. So we were friends online vaguely for like three years because you weren't online for the most part. So like when you were Mm -hmm. online, we were friends. When you weren't online, we didn't really keep in contact um, for like three years before this. But then, yeah, we'd only been friends in person friends, as I would say, Mm -hmm. uh, for like four weeks. Um, Oh, wow. And before I texted her and told her that I was divorcing my husband um, of 10 years, Uh, 10 years together, not 10 years married. I'm not that old. Okay. Yeah, and it was kind of out of the blue, I think, for most people. But to kind of start, like, I was going through a transition from, like, when I was 25-ish. I got married at 24, 23, 24. um, And we had been together since we were 18. But at, like, 24 or 25, my husband at the time decided that he was going to be an over-the-road truck driver. Mm. Um, When he had actually been in mortgages prior to that. Um, So, yeah small world right uh he didn't sell he didn't sell but he worked in the mortgage department of a company um so that was like a huge that was my first huge life change where like I went from having a partner that we spent you know 24 7 together no exaggeration to him being home one day a week wow Um, so like that was kind of when I decided like I was going to decide like I was going to find who I was like I was going to you know, like really like dig in and like got into self-help, got into fitness, um, just kind of became who I would kind of consider myself at, at the, the beginning stages of who I am today. Um, and I started doing that and like really diving in. And it was amazing because I had six days a week where I lived by myself. I did whatever I wanted to do. I didn't really have to check in with anyone because he was gone 
he was also sleeping. Like he would be working nights most of the time. Um, so he would be sleeping when I was awake. So we, I mean, we didn't really get to talk or see each other much other than this one day a week that he was home. Um, which uh, now obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, So it's very easy to see how easily you can kind of fall out of a relationship in that situation. Um, but I, I loved fitness and I got really into it. Um, and he was very supportive of me doing all of this too. Like he was, that's like one of the best, the biggest things here that I would say is that like, even though we're divorced and I, I think he would probably consider himself blindsided by our divorce. Um, mm-hmm. he was very lovely. Like he is a very good person. So nothing but great things to say about him. Um, yeah. He, so he supported me like to going on this journey of like finding myself and figuring out who I was, because I think we both at the time thought we would never grow apart. Like that just seemed, even though it happens to everybody uh, that this, that does this basically uh, it was definitely one of those, like it would never happen to us type of things. Um, And when he was home, like he would, he would like be into fitness, but he just like, that wasn't really his thing. He was like a video gamer. Um, And so I really like dove into like who I wanted to be in the future. Uh, And that started at like 25, 26. And so um, I got really fit. And I, Miranda always calls it my glow up. It was a glow up. She had a pixie cut. Uh, yeah, I, oh. had a, I was a, I was a vegan at the time. So um, this was when, during my vegan stage. So I was vegan with the pixie cut, um, started working out, growing my hair out, um, started eating meat again. Sorry, Miranda. Um, started wearing makeup. Started wearing makeup, like. Self-tan. So just like all of the things. I just kind of like, if you look back. Well, you know what? We have to put a picture, a before and after picture. <laughs> we have to. Um, I'll put as, black shoes on there. As insane <laughs> as it is. <laughs> the flats. Um, as insane as it is, like, it really is just, like, a totally different person. Um, and I, I don't want this to sound super vain because I feel like it can because all of that stuff is all about looks. But, like, who I was inside was really changing, too. Like, I really was becoming somebody that, like, cared about like being a better person and cared about like my future and wanting to grow something. Um, and then, and when I turned, so that was like began at 25. So by the time I was like 20, 27, um, I had started thinking about going to, into sales. Um, and like the money I was making at my job wasn't enough anymore because I was like, I could do so much more. Like I have so much more to give and like being like a middle level management at a mortgage company just like feels like I'm really cutting myself short. Yeah. Um, so that was starting to change and he had a really great job as a truck driver. Like I feel like this is another people, another group of people that get like kind of short change as truck drivers. They make great money. Like, don't, don't think they're out there slaving away behind those trucks for nothing because they are not. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so he made really great money. Um, but I was like turning into this person that was really driven and really wanted to, like do something for myself. And he was really satisfied with our life and where Mm -hmm. everything was. And I think that was kind of like that pivoting point where things started to like, kind of like not work so easily anymore. Is that like, he was totally satisfied with like exactly where we were at. And I was like, I need so much more than this. Um, Yeah. No, it's, I love that you just shared that because um, I think alignment and values and and future forward is huge. I think even Chad and I went through something like that where especially early on it was like understanding do we have the same ambitions and getting clear on that. And I don't I think if you don't like your situation um if you can't work through that that's hard. I don't it makes sense why it didn't work out the way it did um it's to continue. Sure. Yes. I totally agree. And I think that everything is evolving because even now, like fast forward to where I'm at today, like I am a little bit less, I don't want to call myself less ambitious because like, obviously I want to do really well at my job and I want to have a career, but I feel like my ambitions are just in a totally different spot now than they were even back then. So like, I've just, I am so with you. (laughs) Yes. I'm such an an evolving person. Um, And so I think I just needed a a partner that could evolve with me without Mm -hmm. making me feel like. I don't even know who you are. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Oh or gosh. Like, yes. Well, that's really important that you're, you probably weren't just feeling loved through it. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, like he, I think he supported me changing, but I don't think he knew. Once it got to a certain extent, he didn't know how to love or be with the person that I was at right. that point. Mm-hmm. The yeah. new person. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and that's, uh, I think that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that if I had any advice for like someone that was my age back then, so like 20, 18 to 22, is like, don't, not that being married was like the worst thing I ever did, but like, maybe don't get married. Like, maybe just like, I agree. Stay in a relationship with the partner that you're with, if that's what you want to do. And then if you're still the same people that you were, or if you're the better people, but better people together, then get married later in life. Because I feel like that mm-hmm. would have just saved us both like some heartache. Had we just like, maybe like settled into like just being boyfriend and girlfriend and not having to go off and like get married. Um, and like kind of combine our whole entire existence together. Yeah. Um, so that would be like my biggest piece of advice, probably. I, <laughs> like, honestly, I'm somebody that got married at 22, and I don't recommend people get married at 22 because there's a lot of change. So Luckily, much. Like, I have a husband that is like, he is per- personally pushing himself forward, and it works. But I can't say that that's going to happen all the time. No, it doesn't. I would say it's very rare. Yeah, like, and even like rare. getting to that point of because. It, it, I, I wish there was like a visual, but it's like stop and go. Like it's a pu- sorry push pull where it's not. You may be f- expressing like I'm changing. I have these. I I'm moving in this path, and he, that person might say the opposite. But mm-hmm. coming eventually coming back together and then going like it's not. I would say it's not a linear progression of agreeing to keep moving forward. It's a push pull. It's like, Oh, I want to make this work, but I don't know how to make this work. So are we going to figure this out together? Uh, yeah. Um, it, you know, it's, I think it's so beautiful though. I'll say this. Um, Chad and I met when we were, I was 21, he was 24. And I love that I've been able to watch his evolution as a person from 24 to 33. Like that is one, be- like one gift that I do not take for granted. I think that is I love that I can compare who he was almost 10 years ago to who he is now. And being able to watch that is like the coolest thing. I think there's something to be said about it being the right person too. Mm -hmm. You're right. Like when when it is your person, like watching them evolve, it should be exciting. It should be fun. It shouldn't be scary. Like, Oh, are they leaving me behind? Oh gosh. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's a lot of that. I a hundred percent dealt with that with my, the guy that I was with before, uh, my husband now, he like, it was like any, any change that I made, it was like the end of the world to him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, we obviously didn't last. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that in life is that people get scared watching their, fr- even like friendships, like watching mm-hmm. their friendships change, watching their partners change. Like people are scared, like, Oh, they're becoming this new person. Like it, am I going to fit into their life still? Mm-hmm. And- oh, Yes. That's the biggest question. It's like, how do people get scared because they need to envision themselves in this new relationship with this new person? It's like, wait a minute, uh, this is the, the math ain't math in here. I, exactly. I'm not sure. If I, mm-hmm. um, wait, Erica. So, um, what would you, so obviously you just said like biggest advice would be, you know, if you can wait to get married um, instead of doing it young, like. I love that piece of advice. Um, but would you, what would you say was like the biggest lesson that you learned about yourself first um, coming out of that divorce, but then also as you as a partner in future relationships? Oh, the biggest lesson is that I'm super resilient. That like oh, I, I that. and that I am willing to like give up everything. Cause that was such, that relationship was definitely like a security blanket like financially, mm. emotionally, like everything. As somebody that you've been with since you're 18, like our finances were completely intertwined, um, you know, everything. And just knowing that like I was willing to bet on myself um, and kind of completely start from scratch at 28, 29 years old, um, just like I think shows that I am like resilient and strong and just like I said, willing to bet on myself, which I think a lot of people should be willing to do, but not a lot of people are willing to do. Um, she and, really did start from scratch. It's crazy. It was, I remember this change. It was, it was like that, a brand new job, brand new job, literally and a brand new job, please. Commission only commission. only. <laughs> like I, maybe I'm probably the only one that understands <laughs> unless you're under like the only reason I do is because I did loans. Right. Yeah. 
so when she told me that she was or she was getting a divorce and then she was on that commission only job i was like well are we sure this that's what my thought was was like can we wait literally yeah. i think that was your exact reaction well first of all miranda sent me flowers which was the nicest thing hmm. so literally it made me we were brand new friends at the time and her sending me flowers for my divorce literally just made me feel so supported because mm. I was so terrified to tell anyone in my life because like my, obviously I've been with this man for so long. Everyone, mm-hmm. he was, he's a, he's a great person. So everyone loved him. So like, no, and nobody saw it coming because all of this was happening. And like, everyone obviously saw me changing and saw, I don't want to, I don't want to say him staying the same because like that isn't meant to be like a dig, but like saw me changing into this totally new person, him kind of staying the same. Um, and like, I don't know that they thought that something was going to happen, but, but like, they definitely didn't act like it whenever they acted very surprised. Um, yeah. So I was terrified to tell everyone. And like Miranda was one of those people that I was able to tell and like, was not afraid of the judgment at all. Even, even if her reaction was like, yeah, are, are we sure we're doing the right thing at the right time? Um, but you know, I was, I think I looked at it as almost like I needed to rip the bandaid off. Like I had come to terms with it and I was just like, this just has to, I just have to do it. I relationships run their courses all the time. And mm-hmm. I it's even though that's challenging and it's really hard, but uh they they just do. They just do. And you know that's how it is. Yeah. That's, that's really well, it. I applaud women, especially women who go through a divorce and you both nailed it on the head of like starting from scratch. That was literally going through my head. I'm like the thought of a financial, um, not even just like financial, but just like responsibilities of like having to, to split everything then to like get your own apartment and get your everything. Like, I feel like you're, and I don't know, but this is just my perception is like you, you took the table in the kitchen and like flipped it up, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) yes. So I applaud you for, because I think that's the, I think people will stay in relationships or marriages because of that right there. They don't want to start over. They don't want to put themselves in a really uncomfortable position to figure it out for themselves financially, figure out how to like, even just like, to me, the thought of like setting up my own, like, like utilities and bills and things. Oh my God. (laughs) I will say I was very lucky that I got to keep the house um that we lived in and that was like a financial like blessing because obviously we we talked about the mortgage industry um and then also rent i don't know if you guys are aware but rent is insane um and so he he didn't want to keep the house he wanted to move out of the house my mortgage payment was five hundred dollars and so me um and i'm not exaggerating it was five hundred dollars um i i've owned my house since i was 21 and i'm i was 29. So I'd owned it for eight years. Um, I lived in, if you're in St. Louis, I lived in a very scary neighborhood in St. Louis. Um, if you're outside of St. Louis, I lived in St. Louis. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I, I was very lucky that my mortgage was very cheap and I knew that I was commission only and that I was going to have a hell of a time financially. Oh my God. And the car, you had a Jeep. Oh my oh. guys, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm not even proud to admit this, but my mor- my Jeep was more than my mortgage payment. Um, oh so my. that was, yeah. But at the time when I bought my Jeep, I was in a relationship with somebody that was very financially secure. So like I was, it was okay. But like, as yeah. soon as I got divorced, I was like, this has got to go. <laughs> like, I can't, I'm no longer the cute Jeep girl. <laughs> That's being That's left funny. behind. Uh, and so that was definitely the first thing to go. But I was very blessed that I was able to keep the house because having that super cheap mortgage payment, allow- I mean, I will say it allowed me to to kind of make this jump on my own because I mean, if I would have had to go sign a lease, I would have been looking yeah. at what, $1,000, $1,500 a month. Yes. Oof. And that would have just been so hard. So I was definitely lucky. So I, I don't want to discount how lucky I was in that situation that I was able to keep the house. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. And and financially, even with the house, like finances going from being in a relationship, two people, two household income. Yeah. Um, and once again, two household income where he made a great living um, to one household income commission only just starting out was like, it was terrifying. Um, and I actually remember when I asked for the divorce, like he, like I said, was very surprised. Um, and the kind of the way I was able to get him to realize how like serious I was, was that I 
it was really sad. I remember us both sitting on the couch just like sobbing. Um, but I, he was like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm literally giving up everything. Like I'm giving mm-hmm. up every ounce of financial security I have, every ounce of, once again, emotional security I have. Like Her friends. Yeah, like all of our friends were obviously coinciding. Um, And some of them luckily stuck with me. And I'm thankful for that. But like, obviously, I lost a lot of people in my life, um, giving that relationship up. And I was just like, I wouldn't do that if I wasn't sure. Like if there was a doubt in my mind, like I wouldn't be doing this right now. Because you can't go back. Once once you ask for the divorce, you can't go back. So (laughs) um you knew the cost yeah yeah I knew the cost and like making sure that he realized that like I'm so serious that like this is what I'm I'm, I realize what I'm giving up whenever I'm ending this um that was a moment I think for both of us where he realized like how serious I was I think I realized how serious I was oh yeah that experience did that build confidence in your ability to make decisions and feel confident in decisions that you make like especially huge decisions like like something like that I think most people wouldn't feel could come out of it feeling very confident in decisions but then also doing it would be like I can't is this the right thing I don't know it sounds like you were super confident did it help build it or have you always had that I would say a, a, a little bit of both so first of all like in she's the, a very confident person I am um, oh okay um, it's taught me confidence like I've never heard <laughs> Yeah. Um, I definitely knew in the moment that I was like, sure. Like, okay. I, I knew that that was the right decision to make. I knew he wasn't my long-term person and that this relationship, I knew basically that if I was staying in the relationship, I was doing it for almost like financial gain mm-hmm. more so than like happiness or like anything other than that. Because like, like I said, the financial aspects were so huge at the time that I was like, that's the only thing, like, that sounds so terrible to say. So like, don't, don't, I, I listen I don't I realized at the time I don't think no but like the only thing that he was adding to my life at that point because we had just spent so much time apart and like we're just grown apart so much was that he was helping me pay my bills mm-hmm. um, and I realized that and I was like I don't I don't want to feel like I'm using this person like after all of this time all of the love that I truly did have for him because I didn't obviously I didn't not love him I loved him as a person I just wasn't in love with him anymore but I was like I don't want to I don't want to feel like I'm using you and that's kind of where the relationship fell so I was very confident in my decision but I'll be honest up into I mean the year or so you know eight months afterwards the confidence ebbed and flowed like there was definitely (laughs) times where I was like when I was like holy shit I just really okay yeah like there was definitely (laughs) times like financially things got scary or like I mean, I got dating after a 10 year relationship and a marriage. Like there were, there were times that I had gone on dates or like been seeing someone that was horrible that I was just like, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't. Yeah. The grass wasn't greener. Like, <laughs> yeah, like there's definitely been times where like, I was really, I was really confused as to whether I had made the right decision, but then I always came back to knowing in my heart that like that was the right decision there's just like times when of course you like when things are going wrong that you're like doubt yourself a little bit but you always come back to if you know you made the right decision that like you always will come back to that mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's beautiful i love that the uh, the uh, the, uh, the dating was very <laughs> entertaining on for miranda <laughs> miranda has really been through it through the gauntlet with me like truly but my dating afterwards was a nightmare necessary it was necessary (laughs) she loved it and hated it i would say at the same time like there were times whenever i was like doing the the things and like going on the dates that she loved and then there was times which um i think a lot of women go through this after a long-term relationship is that like you almost fall back into like a long-term like or, or like a serious relationship again very easily because like you're so used to it so like she hated that she would be like, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And I would be like, "I don't know." <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh my what gosh, I did not mean? love any of them. That's but... a meme. It's like I love him, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some men that I like got more serious with than I should have. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was not. It was fine, and like I am somebody that's like. When you break up, go on a thousand fucking dates. Just date and date and date 
because every time you date somebody, you learn what you don't like. And that is very important. That is, yeah. Well, Dating that and like not my favorite thing in the world. I was going to oh. say, I, it's probably so nice to be on the other side of that. I'm no. so, I will literally say I like thank God that like he put my true partner in my life when he did because I I don't know how much longer I could have taken the dating scene. Yeah. I, I did not. I was not good well, at it. Dating nowadays is not what it was back when like Rachel and I were and before you were even married. It wasn't like that. You know? Yeah. Now it's like it's messy. You're going to end up on the internet and somebody's going <laughs> to blast some story about you. Excuse me. I love that website. The, are we dating the, are we dating the same guy? Are you oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, ooh. I think it's also it's just cute. the type of men that are out here these days. I just couldn't. I would have to, okay. if I had to start over, I would have to be with somebody who is like older because I could not do the, like, the, I can't even put words to it because I don't want to say it on here, but just um, the type of men that are out in the world are not true men in my opinion. So. Agreed. Also, yeah. like I, I didn't discover kind of what I was, I didn't realize exactly what I was looking for until like a little bit later as I had been dating, which was probably good because I, my type was like, uh, fuck boys i don't know like she, i think that's it. she liked this guy because he like had nice shoes and i was like he was six five he was like listen i liked him because he was six five and he <laughs> i thought it was the thing that we had in common i love <laughs> it wasn't just because he had nice shoes first of all he was six five and that for me was impressive um <laughs> um but he also really likes shoes, and I really like shoes. Like, um, which I know we just talked about how much I am bad at clothing, but I like, uh, like Sneakers. Nikes. I like sneakers. Okay, you're a sneakerhead. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, and so I was like, we have so much in common. We both like sneakers, <laughs> and we both drive big trucks. And I was like, these are the things that I thought I was looking for. I really was. <laughs> really was what she was looking for, and oh, I was like, God. And That's I'm so- over here like, I'm not quite sure. This that- man also told me he loved me the first night we went out. Aww. And I and I was like, of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I was so oblivious. Um, Dude, how many times she would tell me like some story or like she was like, this guy did such and such, all happy, and I'm like, mm, that might be a red flag. <laughs> I had no idea. It was really a, it was a learning curve. Well, it bring us up to speed now. So uh, we did you? I think you did share in the beginning that you're 18 weeks pregnant now. And you're happily um, with your new partner. Tell us about him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We met in uh, December of last year. Um, I was head over heels for this man. It was terrible. Um, He was not ready to settle down right away. Um, So it took three months of like ups and downs, more dating ups and downs, which Miranda wanted me to end things. More downs. That's a downs. Um, Matt, if you do listen to this, I love you. Uh, but there were a lot of downs. Um, and Miranda was just like desperate for me to end things because it was, just, it was hard. Wa- it's really hard it watching really... your friends go through things. But and... I think I knew, like, I mean, I think I said the first time I like went out with him that I was like, I am in love with this man. Like mm-hmm. I was the red flag at the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it took three months for him to realize that I was the one because I think I already knew. Um, and then once we realized it was just like full steam ahead. So we started mm-hmm. dating like seriously in March of this year. Um, this sounds insane. So nobody judged me, but we moved in together pretty much right away. Um, well, same. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, I was selling my house. I, like I said, I, I lived in a very scary area of St. Louis. He is a provider, a protector. So like he was not going to let me, his girlfriend continued to live in this very scary area. Um, it was important for him to, for me to live somewhere that he knew was safe. And obviously with him, he knew it was safe. Um, yeah. So I moved in with him right away. Um, and we found out we were pregnant in September. No, excuse Yay. me, October. Um, and literally, it was like the best thing in the world. And so I, I mentioned earlier that like my ambitions have ebbed and flowed because towards like in my, you know, mid to late twenties, uh, being just like a, the, a grinder, like just like building my business, you know, doing whatever I needed to do was my number one priority. And while it's still definitely in my like top five priorities, um, 
like being a mother and hopefully a wife again is definitely like up there now over my job. Um, so like, I love, I love the life that we're building together. I'm so excited to be a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just like, she's a natural with kids though. I'm, it's weird. Oh. I'm, it I'm, was so, it was like, when you first met my kids, I'm like, why is she so good? I have a ton of nephews she and nieces. Does, yeah. yeah. I have okay. a big, I have a very big family. Um, but I, I think I'm just a, a nurturer and a caretaker, like to my core, like that. I, I really believe that that is like my purpose in life is to be like a mother and to be a partner, um, and to be like, like almost like, gosh, that's sounding like insane. Um, like be like a matriarch of a family. Like, I feel like that's like yeah. literally what I'm on this earth to do. Chris Kardashian. <laughs> you know, see my kids on TV in the future. Um, just- <laughs> uh, but- <laughs> But no, I, I truly believe that that's my purpose in life. Um, and I, it's cool now to have kind of figured out that purpose. It's, I mean, just like a kind of small caveat. I, my partner has a huge purpose in life. Like he is a very driven individual. And I remember one night we were sitting on the couch and he asked me what my purpose was. And I, mm-hmm. my heart like almost stopped because I was like, oh, I was like, that. what is it? What am I going to say? I didn't, I didn't know because I knew he had such a big purpose. And I was so scared that like my purpose and life, I didn't even know what it was. So I was like, I don't know what, how to even respond to this. And I just remember that that popped in my head, that being a nurturer mm. and a, a mother and like a partner was what popped in my head in the moment. And it just like, it was almost like a full circle moment where it was like, oh, that really is my purpose. Like mm. it just, it was like, just came to me just like that. And so it was really a cool moment for me um, to realize that that's like kind of the route I want to take in the future is be more of that matriarch and maybe less so of like the grinder like breadwinner money maker hustle yeah like grind culture is not my thing for sure anymore erica you and i really could really on that like i i I was gonna say um i felt like i always had something to prove because like my mom was um uh, i don't even know the best word to say this but she just like struggled to keep a job, like help provide with the family. Like that was like, so seeing what she did and deciding I'm not going to do anything like that. Right. I was like, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to like succeed, succeed in my career. I'm going to hold a powerful position. I want to do all the things. And then just deciding like in the last couple of years, I'm like, this is terrible. Like, yes, I've like (laughs) achieved all the things. And I'm like, but this is not a happy, like, I don't want to do the hustle culture. I don't want yes. to keep grinding. Like I want to enjoy my life. Relationships matter. And to me too, I had an, an epiphany in the last, like, I don't know, probably it started a couple years ago, but really in the last year, have I been like, Oh, I'm like, I want to be a mom. I want to have a family. I, this is, I'm, ready you know so having a 30 year old switch almost like they always say that you have like an internal clock and I think I thought that was bullshit and then it was almost like oh it was so true it's so true I so true I am yes and I do think that society puts a lot of pressure on us as women in this day and age to kind of do that grind culture and to leave the whole motherhood partner thing behind um, and I, I think at the end of the day, like there, there's a, a place for both and not every woman oh, yes. wants to be a mother and a caregiver, but those of us that do should be empowered to do that. And, oh, the, yeah. those the, and then the women that want to go out there and be, you know, part of, you know, the nine to five or like a, the grind culture or the hustle, whatever, like they should be empowered to do that as well. Like, I think there's a place for all of it. Yeah. I agree. Like we can all coexist. Um, Absolutely. and I definitely think where, but to your point like our society is um is gosh right um uh it is more our society is more is more um i would say uh careful to to appease the grind you know like we really sure i'm starting to see a shift to where um we're placing an emphasis on how you stay at home moms and just um and and really owning the matriarch that you're talking about like that's starting I I think I see it but um I never know if yeah. I see it or if I'm surrounding myself with it does that make sense I can't yes it does Great and, and it could be it's probably the latter the, <laughs> algo. know, like, yeah, the algorithm yes. gets us making us think that it's acceptable but really they still I think that there <laughs> is 
I, I think a lot of people don't understand how many stay-at-home moms there are. There's a ton. All of my friends that all my mom friends that I made were all stay-at-home moms. Like they're they're through they're all around. We just don't see much of them because they're mm-hmm. fucking busy. Yeah, and not everyone is the stay-at-home mom that's able to post the beautiful reels on Instagram and like make it this beautiful life. Like that's a very small percentage, very small group of mm-hmm. moms. And which I respect you. I, I mean, I, I I love a good yeah. on Instagram. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. She does. <laughs> talks about it she's like this she sends me like things that um well how do you describe this that you love that you were like i want to make this real oh yeah like i would love to be that that mom mm-hmm. maybe yeah. one day um I'm not even, maybe <laughs> so i know that's gonna seem crazy because of the videos that i make day in and day out but mortgages are a lot different than parenting sitting down <laughs> and a video is so much different than setting up my tripod and so recording yes. myself making breakfast. <laughs> oh, the girl, like the people that smile into the camera. Ooh. <laughs> oh. They're like oh making gosh. their thing and they're like. Act <laughs> for me though. It is. It's too much. Yeah. But I do, I do respect it. Like, do you, boo? Oh, yeah. yeah. I do respect it. Um, wait, I have one last thing I want to ask because. Okay. Um, I we also I feel like really on this too, but you are a woman of faith, and I just want to know like, have you always believed in God and Jesus Christ? Like, what has that? Yeah, this is such a this is such a we could do a whole other podcast on this. Um, and maybe but, I know I'm like, should we? But but I want to hear like I really do. So yeah, yeah. So I'll keep it short and sweet. So no, um, I grew up uh, Southern Baptist, um, okay. and I my. My mom has always been very strong in her faith, um, and we ebbed and flowed in kind of what we did as children. Um, But my biggest kind of thoughts of God um, growing up were that he was kind of angry and that, like, he was scary and that, like, it was all about punishment. Um, And then... uh, Sounds like Southern Baptist. For sure. Um, If you grew up... I mean, I don't want to, I guess I don't want to, like, alienate anyone, but... um, Let's alienate. (laughs) So... I think they have a reputation, the Southern Baptists as a whole community, um, that like it's brimstone and fire and like scariness. Um, and that is not what Jesus is. Um, but, uh, so at the time I grew up in, you know, in religion until I was probably like 15, okay. 16. Um, I started to kind of like move away from that. Um, and by the time I was 18, I was, I considered myself fully atheist, um, and I was atheist until, and like a staunch atheist too. Like, <laughs> like I, I was like comment on posts on social media atheist. Like, wow. yeah, I not, yeah, I was not for the she religion. She was a troll. I was. <laughs> um, it's embarrassing to think about now, but yeah. Um, so I was, I was not about Jesus at all for 10 years, 12 years, I would say almost, um, and somewhere between that. Um, and honestly, whenever I left my husband was kind of when I started to like consider myself like almost agnostic. Like I had been dabbling in like spirituality, um, Mm -hmm. crystals, like that kind of stuff. Astrology. Um, astrology. Like I had been dabbling in that for years. Um, and I would always be like, oh, the universe wants this for me or like the universe, this, um. And I think that was kind of like my first step into being like agnostic where I was like, okay, well, what is, what is this universe that wants me to be happy or like this universe that wants these good things for me? Um, and then kind of whenever I met my partner, my partner is very religious. Um, and I, up until I met him, I would consider myself like agnostic. So like the difference, I don't know if you're, I don't want to like talk down to your followers, but just so the difference agnostic means that you like believe in a higher power but not like not anything one specifically um, or like you're questioning versus atheism is like you, you live and you die and there's nothing out out there other than that. Um, And so I was like dabbling and like being agnostic and kind of like not really sure where I was falling. Um, And my partner was, is religious. Like he has Mm -hmm. been religious for many, many years. Um, And so one of the things, whenever we did start to get serious was that he was like, this is how I want to raise my kids. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, had been since I had been agnostic I had been kind of opening myself up to the thought of that and so I went to church with him a few times when we first started seeing each other and that just kind of like gave me like the courage to rebuild my relationship with God Mm. um and like 
ever since then, I have been like diving really deep into faith myself and like rebuilding my relationship with God and figuring out what that relationship looks like for me. Um, and I'm so thankful for it. Like I, we had like a little teary conversation about a couple month or two ago now, but like, I was like, if nothing else before we were pregnant, so keep that in mind when I say this, I was like, if nothing else, <laughs> this relationship, like long-term, I was like, the fact that like, I was able to build, rebuild my relationship with God is like the best gift you could have ever given me. Um, and of course now I'm pregnant. So like, that's the best gift I could ever have gotten. But yeah, uh, yeah like, I'm, I'm very thankful to have been able to, to find that, to find God again. Yeah. Cause like you had the seeds and for, and everything was just so perfectly laid out, you know, the path to lead back to him. And then now you are with, you're now part, what's his name? Matthew. Matthew. And like for him to lead you back, like that is just oh, like, that is amazing. It's, and I'm really, it's really I'm, cool. Yeah. And I will just, also say that I feel like that's part of the reason why, like, like, I don't think God, like, condones divorce obviously but like right my my relationship previously like I never would have found my way back to God in that relationship because he was a atheist as well mm -hmm. um, so I feel like it was almost like big picture like the plan to get me back to where I'm at today is like to be in fellowship with God again yeah no because he I mean he already knew right like he knew that you were going to get divorced he knew that you were going to find Matt like that was all ordained already so absolutely it's, just, it's so cool to just see it all come together you know like to see the pieces especially when you're in the thick of it like you don't when know how things <laughs> never gonna get through. <laughs> yeah so thank you for sharing that because I just yeah um I love to to have open conversations about that. Um, do you like, do you, do you like your church the one that you guys oh, go to together? Yeah. Go I love my church. Like, I feel like my church is like the, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's the best church in the world. Like I love my church. Yeah. Like I think it's so great. My dad says the same thing about his church. I think everyone I does. Think I, think how it, I think that's how it should be. Like if you don't yeah. love your church, if I, that's my other piece of advice for all of us religious girlies out there. If you don't love your church, there's a church you will love. So just go find it. Like, Facts. I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, I do church at home or like, you know, I, I don't need church to build a relationship with God, which I, I think is true. But also I think that God wants us in community with people. Um, and so like, if you don't like your church or if you've had a bad taste in your mouth because of church and you should go find a church that is the right one for you because there's one out there. I, oh, I love that. I a hundred percent agree. And like, and, and we get it. There's been a perception of churches out there too. That is not great. Um, and there are, really? you know, false, <laughs> false, false teachers. Um, but you will find the one that you're like, oh yeah, no, God's speaking through this man right now or this woman or whoever, you know, whoever's the lead pastor. Agree. Yeah. Um, Cool. cool. No, I'm so I'm glad we were able to do this. This makes me so me happy. Me too. I loved it. I was kind of nervous going into this, oh, to be honest, but I felt like she it was. was. I could feel it rating it. Uh, like, it was so easy because honestly, like I said, whenever we whenever you called earlier, I was like, I feel like I already knew you. And obviously, yes. talking, it's just like talking to Miranda this whole time too. So it's just been oh. really easy. And no, I love that. Good. Mm -hmm. That makes me happy. No, and it makes I'm excited because when I come back out there, we can all hang out and maybe you already have. Wait, so that's what I was gonna say. So, I, guys, I got kind of nauseous all of a sudden. Um, oh. the, I think it's the coffee. You ever feel like when you overdo it on coffee, it just kind of like rattles your stomach? Yeah. Um, no, but normally it's the other way for me, not the not yeah. the throw up way. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, hold on. What was I gonna say? Um, when are you coming down? You when you come, or I'm coming, due date probably. No, I was just. It'll probably be like Marchish time frame, I think. Oh no, I'll um, just be very, very pregnant. Very pregnant. Um, yeah. Oh no, my friend is, my best friend is like the same, I think in the same time frame as you. Like, what's your due date? What your real estate agent friend? Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> I swear. Oh, what's your that? wait? What's your due date? Uh, June nineteenth is my due date. She's June twenty seventh. No way. She yeah. Looking. Mm -hmm. She just says June. Oh, that is so funny. Jack, specify for me. She says June. So I yeah. love, I just That's love like, the synchronicity here. I had three I girls I went to school with, but we were like friends. We had both, um, we had the same due date. And then again, when I got pregnant again, I had more friends that were all the same due date. This is from high school. Yeah. I have a couple girlfriends that are pregnant right now. It's actually kind of cool. So um, I mentioned that like I lost a lot of friends during my divorce, but one of my mm -hmm. friends that I, I kept is a very, very good friend of mine. 
Um, she's actually pregnant right now. Yes. No. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but then her best friend also is. So we were all in um, her wedding. And so now three of the four girls that were in her wedding are all pregnant. And we're all due very close oh, to the same time. Okay. Oh, that is so her. beautiful. I'm excited for yes, you. I think really like Thank you. being able to do that with um, so other women too at the same time. Like I'm, I'm, that makes me like really happy for you. It's really, it's really, really cool. We have like a group chat and we talk about all of our bodily changes and poops that aren't happening and you know all the things i'm really happy that group chat exists so it's not coming to me miranda was getting some really graphic texts for a while there yeah yeah sorry but you've i mean you've been been through it yeah Yeah. exactly some yeah she uh she just needs some clothes and that's what we're gonna go do we're gonna go find some clothes well, you guys go do that. This was so fun. Again, this um, was I'm really so happy. Fun. I feel like... we'll, we'll have to do it again. Okay, do I feel like this is going to be a good episode off the mics? Oh, yeah. I great. think so. Well, let, um, hang on. We're going to um, close this out. Thank okay. you for listening. And uh, again, Erica's listed down below. If you need a mortgage, if you're in the market, she's there. Um, I recommend it. Buy I almost house. did a house. Yes. I almost did a loan through her just recently. You will whenever you buy a new whenever house, we do whenever, it. you know, your son graduates high school. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're stuck there forever in that two and a half interest rate. So stick it out. Stick it out. Stick it out. You should. And um, Rachel, thank you for listening to this harrowing tale. Oh, yeah, harrowing. I appreciate it. It was fun for me. Um, it was kind of fun for me to go over it. So I appreciate you guys having me on. 